Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Fearlessly Australian podcast, Being a Modern Man. What does that mean exactly, being a modern man? Is it different things to different people? And is there a particular type of man we should aim to be? We're going to find out as I talk to Melbourne's own MMA star, Jimmy Crew. Masculinity would, for me, would be a sort of staunchness, like sticking by your morals. And Tomorrow Man's writer Jack, who has been working with young blokes to get the most out of life for the last 15 years. I want to talk about seeing a mental health professional, whether that's a counsellor, a psych, whatever the hell you want to call it. Sometimes guys will have one experience and it won't go well and they'll go, oh, counsellors suck, I don't need to see them, they're shit. It's exactly like dating someone. You're not going to build chemistry with everyone you meet. These fellas love a laugh and aren't afraid to get stuck into some pretty deep chat about being a modern man. But it's a pretty heated, confusing time to be a bloke. For me, it comes down to being authentic. I learnt this phrase, when in doubt, be authentic, which I reckon is spot on, but I'm giving too much away. Let's get into it. Danny, what's the weather in WA? Warm? What do you, what do you think it is? Oh, well, you're in short, so it's got to be over 20 degrees. <laughs> Today I've got the pleasure of talking to two cracking young Aussie blokes, Ryder Jack, who is a facilitator for Tomorrow Man, which he's going to talk about more in detail very soon, and Jimmy Crute, upcoming, the next upcoming light heavyweight UFC champion of the world. So it's a pleasure to have you on, fellas, and I, um, I'll start with you first, Ryder, um, age before beauty, Jimmy. Just to introduce yourself, buddy, and just tell the guys who are watching a little bit about yourself and what you do, bud. Thanks, Danny. Good to meet you, Jimmy. Yeah, nice um, you, and good to meet you too, Danny. Uh, my name you too, is bud. my name's Ryder. I'm 34 years old. I'm based in Melbourne. I'm a dad of two little boys um, and an incredible partner named Sivan. I work for an organisation called Tomorrow Man, where we get the privilege of travelling around Australia, speaking to blokes of all sorts of ages and backgrounds about the current state of masculinity. So what's working, what isn't working, and what does a man of tomorrow look like? Um, we don't claim to have the answers, but we know how to create spaces where blokes get comfy and are able to have tougher conversations to prepare them better for life. Um, we'll get into it in the chat, but it's a pretty heated, confusing time to be a bloke in 2021, and people just need to be able to get in a room together and nut it all out, I reckon. Really interesting. We're gonna we're gonna talk pretty in depth about that because I'm myself personally is very interested in what you do and and the the subject around um, toxic masculinity and masculinity in general in today's day and age because I've got my views because I'm old school and I'm a I'm a stick in the mud but I'll be really interested so we'll, we'll, we'll crack on with that soon but um, let's go Jimmy tell us about yourself champion oh mate there's uh there's not really much to say I, I obviously I fight in the UFC um rank, currently ranked 13 in the world for uh, my division and. Mate, I just love what I do, and there's not really much much else to it. Like, uh, I just live live to train and fight. So, I'm a boring one. I'm the boring one <laughs> nah, here. Nah, um, <laughs> I don't think people are gonna find that boring. Jimmy. <laughs> finish for Jimmy Cruz. Wow, what a finish, man! Right hand, right hand, left hook, clean this clock. Wow. 24.
So how old were you when you thought about, I want to be a fighter? Um, what was that moment? Do you remember it? Yeah, I remember it clear as day. I was 12 years old. Um, so I, I was um, doing jiu-jitsu and I was, we were in the change room and a lot of the boys were talking about um, talking about the UFC and, and the card that was on the weekend. And um, I went home, got on YouTube and um, uh, the highlight I seen, I seen a few highlights and the, the first highlight I ever seen was um, Gabriel Gonzaga knocking out Mirko Krokop with a head kick. It's one of the most vicious knockouts in, the, in UFC history. And I went, holy shit, this is what I want to do with the, with the rest of my life. So I think I had a few oh, yeah. screws loose as a kid. And I probably still do, but um, yeah, I, I don't know what other kid would would say something like that, want to do it. But here we go. <laughs> when you say you're you're a bit of a rat bag or you're a bit rebellious, what what was going on? Why do you reckon you, you were rebelling? Um, I don't know, mate. Um, what what do kids do half the shit they do, I suppose. But um, I knew I knew I didn't want to do what the 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 system was teaching me. I knew that I wanted to do like I wanted to be a UFC fighter. And I didn't care about what they were teaching me because that wasn't going to help me accomplish my goals. I don't know if that's the right way fair to get enough. it or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. fair. Right, I'm really interested, mate. I've been hanging to ask you. What you do in the programs you run with Tomorrow Man, what is it about masculinity? What, is the, what does it mean to you, mate? Great question. <laughs> So no matter who you are or where you're from, you've got a clear idea of what it means to be a man. So we usually kick off our workshops asking the boys, no matter what age they are, what are the expectations? What's the rule book? And I'll ask you boys, like, what comes to mind as those traits? Do you want to go first? <laughs> yeah, like, imagine, like, you, you're, 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 you're teaching a kid how to be a man. What would some of those expectations be that come to mind? Shaking hands with a firm handshake and looking the man in the eye and saying g'day and saying his name when you say hello. Yep. And then engaging in meaningful conversation, trying to engage in meaningful conversation with the person you've just met and asking them questions. So communicating with that person but listening, asking questions and listening and finding out about them and then the conversational flow. That's one thing yep. for me. First thing that young blokes should be taught is to is, is, is the handshake. Is walk up, bang, introduce yourself, big, strong, firm handshake. And, um, and then get the conversation flowing there and look in person in the eye, eye contact. I get that more in regional towns when the young fellas come into the room, they'll, they'll do exactly what you just described. City boys, I don't get it as much. But you, we can take from that that you're expected to have presence, mm. be confident, show respect, be curious of another bloke and also kind of hold your ground in a way. Masculinity would, for me, would be a sort of staunchness, like sticking by your morals. Um, you know, whether it be being able, like, hold, holding a secret for your mate, or um, not 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 walking out when things get tough. You know, like um, not not taking the easy way out. And I, I don't know if that even probably fits into it, but yeah, to me, totally does. Masculinity, masculinity is, is is a staunchness, like just staying staunch and holding holding by your morals. Oh, mate, spot on. Do you see that kind of quality, what Jimmy's des describing, eroding in our society? Or trying to be, trying to persuade people not to be that way, to be more open and be more yeah. you know, feminine with their views and be more engaging and inclusive? Like, f you know, like you want to have staunch, strong men. Yeah, yeah. Men are meant to be strong. 
men are men, men are the hunters and the gatherers. Why are we trying to change that? Mm. I don't see why we're trying to change that. So, so we're at this interesting point of history. So even before we started chatting, Danny, you mentioned like I'm a bit of an old school bloke. So there's obviously that stereotype that's ingrained in us from, yeah, you mentioned cavemen. So when we were nomadic, like the hunting, the gathering, even this idea of like the tribe would raise the boys together. Um, they'd be getting all these influences. You mentioned the importance of like those role models. That's, that's what we did really well back in the day. But what we've found is, especially in 2021, the staunchness, it serves you. You need it to be confident. You need it to be able to protect yourself, protect your people. Don't get pushed around, be resilient, don't fall apart. But if that's the only way that you can operate, it's not necessarily going to help you when shit hits the fan. So if all you know how to do is deal with it yourself, don't ask for help, soldier on, uh, it's just not sustainable. And I think that's why we're losing seven men a day in Australia to suicide because we're great when life's going well and getting around the boys and banter and celebrating and all of that. But how are you expected on the toughest day of your life to reach out to your people, your family, your mates, if you've never had an honest or vulnerable conversation before? It's nearly, pos it's nearly impossible. So Danny, I agree in one sense with you that I think that old school bloke, he's great and he's, he's important, but I think men need just a little bit more flexibility so I'm not saying to completely throw away masculinity, it's just having a bit of range. So even, mate, you, you even said it, you go, you shake someone by the hand, you look at them in the eye and you have a real conversation. We just need to normalize those real conversations and realize, yeah, go beyond the banter, talk about struggles, talk about love, talk about happiness, um, talk about everything. Because uh, it's actually exciting to talk about that shit with your mates, I reckon. I, I agree with what with what you said wholeheartedly we agree with everything you just said mate and and blokes need to talk and be and 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 display their emotions don't be afraid to be mm. to be sad or scared or upset or whatever it may be or vulnerable you know be staunch be there for your mates when don't throw them under a bus stand there when 10 blokes are going to attack him because mm. you, you you're one in all in you know so they're they're, they're great things to have as a bloke and then on what you're talking about too rider is to be flexible and 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 also to be able to engage and talk and be open and discuss things instead of zipping it up and seven days, seven blokes a day, I think a lot of those blokes have zipped it up and, and it comes to the point where it's too hard, I can't deal with it. So where did you come from, Jimmy, originally? Bendigo. Bendigo, so you drove up to the city, eh? Yeah, I was doing storming work and I was traveling um, from Bendigo to Melbourne, which is a two hour drive, and then back every night. So I was working full time, driving back and forth every night, five times a week. And then um, it got to the point, I moved in with my brother for a year and then I rented for a bit. And then um, eventually I just moved into the gym and on, on a couch, just lived at the gym for a year and then, um, and then bought a van on a, a Mercedes Sprinter, decked it out, um, and did van life at the back of the gym for a year. And now I've got a house. So. Mate, that's magic. And I mean, that's, a, that's, that's, that's dedication, that's sacrifice, that's discipline. 
that's fearlessness. You know, that's showing fearlessness. Going right, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, but that's chasing your dreams. Yeah, mate. That's my a great um, inspiration. My, my way of thinking about it when I was so before I got signed to the UFC, I was um, yeah, I was obviously working full time and training full time, pretty much working two full time jobs. It felt like, but um, I, I never had a backup plan. I never had a plan B. I always thought that I'm gonna give this like. 100% of my effort and if it fails then I'll pick myself back up and look for something else but I wasn't allowing myself to to have a to fall out have a fallout plan like I left my apprenticeship in my third year and people thought I was stupid people thought I was throwing away a, a big opportunity and I'm just like mate this is not what I want to do I don't want to be a plumber I want to be a, I want to be a fighter so um there was no plan b, b for me it was do or die and um yeah, that's why that's why I've attacked it my whole career. Even after I, I got signed, and now I can make a living off it. Thankfully, um, I still attack it with that same mindset. That's awesome, mate. That you yeah, retain that hunger, mate. That's the, that's the key to fighting is hunger. I think yeah, I think the key to, to to keeping a hunger is is to be grateful for it too. Yep. If you um, so many guys get to where they supposedly thought they wanted to get to and start start um. You know, start complaining about it. Start, it's it's not what lived up to their hype, and then they and then they lose that drive and hunger, and then it falls out from under them. But if you remain grateful for where you are in the sport or where wherever you are in life, then you can keep that hunger to keep going. If that makes sense, I don't know if it does. Yeah, to- it totally makes sense, mate. Yeah, because uh, you know, if you're hungry and you get everything, some guys you see a lot of guys they get hungry, they stay hungry for a while, then they achieve success. And they drive a nicer car and they move into a nicer house and yeah. they don't have to work as hard. And they, like you said, they're not grateful for how they got there. So they for, kind of forget it and they go, oh, this is easy. And then they end up getting beaten and going, shit, where did it all go wrong? And they lost that hunger and you're dead right, mate. They lost that. They weren't grateful for what yeah. they had and how they got there. Yeah. You th- when I talk about it, like um, you would think that, you know, being super grateful for everything you have would would sort of eat away at that hunger but to me when i'm when i'm super grateful for what i have right now it makes me more hungry to keep keep working yeah that's awesome mate next ufc champion that's the attitude that the next ufc champion has to have mate mate yeah. that's um it's a yeah it's a too dangerous too dangerous of a sport not to um not to be given it a oh yeah 100 percent of your effort And you, you moved from Bendigo and you came into the city and, and, and started working with Sam Greco, who is a legend of combat sport and, a, and a, you know, an iconic figure in combat sport around the world, not just in Australia, mate. Describe to us his, the impact that Sammy Greco, the legends, had on you, mate. Mate, Sammy is, um, Sammy is the man, honestly. He, um, he holds all those, all those values I talked about before, the staunchness, whatever. He holds them all and, um, mate, you, you want someone in your corner? You want Sam Greco? He, like, so I, I don't know if you know the story about him having a heart attack, um, at my fight. So I was um fighting a five five uh five five rounder five fives. He had a heart attack before I walked out. He stayed and cornered for the whole fight. Got backstage, got rushed to hospital. Was having a heart attack. Um, he's an animal, that man. Mate, did you know? I did, oh, I knew something was. I knew he didn't feel very well, but he he mastered, and he just, mate, he should have gone to the hospital before the fight. But he, he um, he just would not leave, 
he didn't know he was having a heart attack, but he knew he, he knew he felt like he was having a heart attack. So, um, yeah, man, Sam, Sam is, yeah, you, you can't say, and like you, you can't describe how good of a bloke and how good of a role model and 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 all that that he is. It's a big rap, man. I'm sure he'd be, he'd be stoked to hear that. He's a, he's a, yeah, like I said, mate, he's an iconic figure in combat sport, not just here in Australia, but all around the world. Australians traditionally haven't been a, 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 a nation of particular blokes that have been open and discussed their feelings. It's like, you know, no way, it's taboo. Mm. But I think it's changed a lot. It's becoming, it's becoming, uh, you know, people are becoming a lot more fluid with talking and, and being open and being cool and blokes and, you know, tough, seemingly tough guys and masculine blokes are talking and, 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 and communicating and, and being open and crying and showing emotions. You know, it's, 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 it's way better. Fellas, you're a younger generation than I am, a couple of generations younger. Um, and so what are some of the challenges that faces young men around your ages um, in today's day and age? It's good they're thinking. Mm. I think there's just all these myths and um, things that men can disprove themselves of what they think it means to be a man. I think one of the biggest issues is that we're not so we need to get better at being in a room with each other because of social media it's so easy to ghost someone or say horrible shit to someone and not have to kind of own up to the consequences so I think yeah getting in rooms with people and, and being able to have a proper yarn and have banter but then also go beyond the banter I think would help heaps because the world's changing so rapidly technology is is taking over things are becoming automated um, trucking's becoming automated bricklaying's becoming automated i think the way that we interact with each other and connect is really important what you said go beyond on the go beyond the banter is is something huge though like how many how many people do you, how many people are you mates with that you only catch up with for a beer that you only catch up with for one certain thing like that and every time you see him there's no genuine substance to the conversation it's just like shit talking each other oh let's go get smashed whatever but there's no actual conversation like having real true friends like i've got like three mates but like i could talk to them about anything but there there are a lot of blokes out there that that have like a group of 15 mates but they couldn't talk to, to them about anything and no wonder when they go through a crisis they're not reaching out to those people because like all we talk about is like girls or sport yeah. or um like hang shit on each other shit yeah. on each other it's no wonder they're not reaching out to each other so um yeah you need to have someone and if you can't find someone you need to see a professional yeah have you guys ever tried to open up to someone and then been shut down and a, how did you react to that? And B, did it possibly prevent you from opening up to someone else in the future or communicating freely with someone in the future? And what's it like, you know, do you guys think it's changed in today's society? Have, have, has opening up, the art of opening up to other people, particularly with blokes, has it become easier or has it kind of become, blokes become more insular, do you think, in today's day and age? Do you mind starting just because I've got some ideas, but keen to hear if um, what's happened to you? <clears throat> 
Yeah, definitely. I think I think everyone's tried to, you know, as as blokes, like we we think we're doing the right things by like we drop hints or we we say we're not all right. But to me, like there are certain people who you should go to, and some blokes try and open up to the wrong people. Like, and they might be the they might be great people. Like, say say a bloke tries to open up to his missus. And his missus just doesn't understand how to deal with that. She's there, she's supporting, but she's not saying the right things because she doesn't know how to. And uh, I feel like I've I've been in that situation before where I've tried to sort of say how I was feeling and, and felt like it wasn't getting hurt or felt like the person didn't care, but they did care. They just didn't know how to, to, to deal with it. Um, so I feel like people, the average person doesn't know how to deal with someone that's going through mental health issues um so it's, that's why it's important to go to someone like a professional or someone that that is known for it um i'm lucky i've got my dad he's a he's a psych nurse and he's he's just like he knows me better than i know myself but um yeah i feel like i, I said all the time where blokes will um like some of my mates will be like oh you know they don't care or whatever but i'm like they do care they just don't know how to deal with it. So I think that can scar. Like I've, I've been in a situation myself where it scarred me and I didn't talk to anyone because I was just like, oh, f- it just makes you feel like shit. But it's because I didn't go to the right people. Mm. How did they react? It's so bad. Oh, yeah. um, that sucks. I hope you're okay. All right. Yeah, no, you don't care. But they do care. They just, they don't know how to f- no. Yeah, it's because uh, I, I just think about... Because I don't know if I've had an experience like that. Like I've definitely been shut down for being different or, or that kind of stuff. But um, men are scared that if they open up to their mates, it's burdening them. Yeah, that's, that's a big one too. Yep. Or they just want to deal with it themselves. Or they don't want people to worry. Yep. They don't want people to gossip. They don't want people to worry. People don't know what to say. There's just so many fears to it. So I always think it's just best to like, as you said, pick the right people, but also pick the right time. Yeah, right. One thing I did, um, so it's something that has happened to me, um, it gets, it can get used against you down the track. Mm, that's, that's what, that was the one thing that made me shut off for ages. Um, well, uh, yeah, I opened up and then like six months later, oh, you said this and you said that. I was like, I was venting when I said that. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I let down my guard. And so I think it's also setting up like, cause guys, when they're uncomfortable, so your mate might open up to you and you're like, as your people said, they didn't know what to say. They're like, oh, that sucks. Or um, sometimes guys will go into problem solving and you might not be able to be fixed in that moment. Yeah. Um, so I think it's sometimes just good to say, hey, I'm going to tell you this stuff. You don't need to say anything. Yeah. Just just, just listen. If you need a vent. Yeah. There's a difference between trying to have a conversation and venting. Sometimes, <laughs> I talk about my dad a lot with this sort of stuff, but like sometimes I ring him and I would just f***ing spew yeah. garbage for like, 30 minutes telling me how much I hate everyone. And he's just like, oh, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> you done yet? Yeah, I'm done yet. See, mate. And then and then it's just all out and I feel better about yeah. myself. Imagine if everyone had a person like that, the world would be a different place. <laughs> My poor, poor dad. dad. Yeah. So we just call that holding space. So it's being okay with the discomfort of hearing your mate struggle, but just just being that sounding board, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I find that if you're the first person to open up, 
it makes it so much bloody easier than the other person because all men want to help others, but they won't receive the help themselves. And that's why we're losing seven men a day because it's like, I'll help you, but no, I'm all right. I don't need to answer that. Um, so I think I like what you said all, earlier about like, you can kind of sense when you're off or when your mates are off. It's that kind of like feeling in your gut, but we don't pursue it because yeah, you have a bad experience and then that one bad experience defines it. So what I'd recommend people is if, if you do get shut down by mates or if you do have a bad experience with a psych or that kind of thing, you just need to give it another crack, maybe with a different person or do you, um, do you tell people to write, write stuff down? Um, I do. Yeah. Like what? that's what I do. But the, the difference of what I get with the guys I hear is they'll say all that, that amazing stuff to their role model in the group, but they won't say it to the person in real life. And we'll be like, why? Like, why have you told him? He's like, oh, I'm a bit uncomfortable. And I'm like, I promise you, if you tell that person, that bloke, he's not going to tell you. Like, he might not know what to say. He might get emotional. But, um, yeah, we need a kind of fair chance to give him a big hug. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And unfortunately, we wait till a crisis point when someone doesn't have long time to live before we can actually tell them what they mean to us. So I think the opening up thing is, yeah, like like with your boxing and training and MMA, it's just reps. Yeah. <laughs> reps, reps, yep. reps, reps, reps. When's the time in your life, fellas, each of you, that you've been scared and how did you deal with it? Mm. Uh, well, you- I was curious to know because curious to know about your idea of fear so um my idea of fear would be having to step into the ring with someone um but maybe your idea of fear would be some of the conversations that we kind of ask people like um yeah i don't know for me um fear for me is uh the times where i need to step up to the plate when something's going on that goes against my values i'm part of a footy club i'm one of the older guys um, and when we go on an overseas trip and shit goes down and guys are being loose or reckless or saying things or being disrespectful to females, I feel fear in that moment that I need to do something. Um, so that idea of heart rate increase, being scared that I'm going to kill the vibe or the moment by calling something out, to me that's when I'm probably most nervous, when I have to give someone feedback that I care about and I don't want them to hate me or tell me to f- or punch me in the face. When I, when, I, when I was talking about being staunch before, being staunch to your mates is being able to kick them up the ass when they're doing something wrong, not not um, not enabling bad behaviour and and you know doing doing what's hard and 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 calling them calling them and calling them a dickhead when they're being a dickhead, you know. Um, I try to do it yeah, in a way. Yeah, I try to do it in a way where they don't get fired up or defensive. So I quite I kind of practice in a way of what I'm going to say because I don't want them to. Just the, the classic, come on, mate. Yeah, yeah, or a what bit are you like. Doing? Well, I try to kind of tell them first what I respect about them. So when they're saying crook shit about girls and that kind of stuff, I'll, I'll often affirm them and go, "Hey, mate, I'm only saying this to you. If you if I thought you're a shit bloke, I wouldn't bother telling you because it's yeah. not worth it. But because I think you're a good person, what do you reckon it does when you say that? So, yeah. Um, so that kind of scares me. The times where I like, because I'm I'm a I'm a a people's person. I want people to like me. Um, I put a lot of effort into making people kind of feel good. So I think fear for me is when I could potentially ruin that by uh, saying something that needs to be said. What, what about you, man? What what's scary? Mate, you? oh, so I don't know. It's a hard one because I say like the the obvious answer would be fighting. Um, you know, as much as 
uh, I'm a professional fighter and I, I do it and it's what I do. There's been a lot of fights where I've been sitting backstage going, oh, f I'm going to go get a job at Bunnings after this. I'm not, I'm not doing this again. Um, I've learned how to deal with that, but like there was a stage in my career where it was happening, happening a little bit. Um, and I wasn't scared of the bloke. There's been one bloke in my whole career that I've been scared of and I was scared of him for a second, and then I got angry at him. <laughs> I got angry at him for making me scared at him, and then I, and then I uh, knocked him out in the first. But um, yeah, um, I used to I used to fear not being able to control the situation in, in the fight, like um, you know something happens or that that's out of your control. Like I don't mind losing if it's on me, but like as we know, this like the fight sport, you'd know, especially Danny sometimes it's just not your night something bad happens you go in injured you get injured or something um but the the way i learned to deal with that is to uh, think about what is actually in my control and reaffirm to myself that i do actually have a what i do actually does have a direct effect of the result of the fight what i my decisions in the fight and my lead up to the fight does have a impact on it that's it guys, another great episode of Fearlessly Australian. We've talked about being a modern man and how complicated it is. Ultimately, the guys have told us it's about being authentic and staying true to yourself, and that being masculine is a flexible thing. You can be vulnerable, open and still stand up for yourself and those around you. If you find yourself needing support, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14 or Beyond Blue. 1300 22 46 36. Podcast available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Find out more on fearlesslyaustralian.com.au.